We're trying. We're gotta trying. Be woke. You gotta be woke. Ready? Welcome to the year-end podcast version <laughs> of Beer in a Movie, a podcast where we can... Fo- well, we can contort into quiet. the hey, shapes that hey, you want to live in. You be quiet. Well, we combine <laughs> two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes a cheering outstanding pairing, <laughs> and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failures from our mouth. This is our year-end episode. It's our third episode in a three-episode screening, uh, uh, recording, recording, which we've only done <laughs> once prior. And y'all are. This put, is going to be very sloppy. I think yeah, this is our very first year uh, uh, end of the year episode because this is the. Well, first we're going to talk about two, the best films and the yeah. best movies that we have watched in 2019. Because not 20, just the best because 2019 is the first year that we've been a podcast the entire full year, year. full year. Because yeah. we first, started, first we started in the midst January of 2018. 1st to December 31st. That's, that's Joe Hilliard. It's and kind with of him scary. As always, my name is Joe Hilliard, and Dave Gurney. Y'all are being and I am. I'm Carlos Cooper, and we are in it to win it tonight. Yeah. With a, oh, yeah. uh, a special guest. We're recording three episodes tonight, and yeah. our special guest is going to appear in two of the three. Two of the three. Our uh, special guest is Harold Ramos. Hello, he will, our man. Harold Ramos right he, here speaking. He yeah. will get a formal introduction in the properly uh, timed episode. In another episode. Who knows when it's going to come out in then, relation to this he's one. just a beer aficionado that likes to bring beer to the party. That yeah. is accurate. Now, we have and got movies. our and end of the year episode where we're going to talk about the best films and the best beers of 2019 and what we enjoyed here on the podcast maybe outside of the podcast and we cracked open a beer immediately david i'm sorry carlos what have we cracked? god damn it joe go ahead god damn it um i he loves all his children the same yeah i i will admit that i am david's my favorite i'm a flawed man and i cracked this beer open before the episode started we'll forgive it but He's just a man. I am just a man, uh, but a but a mortal. This was given to me by one of my best friends, Nathan. He is the biggest Saint Elmo fan that I know, and has put me onto Saint Elmo as a brewery. And because he, he's such an Eno fan, yes, he he, he loves. He loves Eno, so he does. He, he's got to get on the St. Elmo's. Uh, and Eno. so this one is the Lolo. It is a milk chocolate stout, and it mm-hmm. comes in at 7.3 ABV. We are enjoying this Crowler. It was canned on it. Oh, it doesn't give me a date. Crowled. Is crowled a verb? Can crowled. I say it was crowled? It, was crowled. it definitely is now. I like it. Thank you. It is now. Um, I don't know. Recently, it was in it was Austin, pretty, Texas. It was pretty recent. Have you been to see Elmo? I have not been though. I, I like them. Go. It's they, a, they got good stuff. It is a nice. Uh, yeah. It's a nice facility. They have a really great food truck um, that is we on premises a, at all times. A coffee double IPA on the show oh, not nice. too long ago. Well, yeah, we. I. What did you bring? The, you, we we brought that riff that one time that was a collaboration with Banded Brewing. Right. Out of Maine. Out of Maine. That was yeah, a Bitterford, really yeah. good hazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, we had said Elmo two episodes in a row, episodes fifty six and fifty seven. Yeah, there you go. Because it was the it was the riff and it was something else. The McAfee coffee double. Yeah, that was the one that I. Yes, 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 that's correct. How was that coffee Um, IPA? It was good. It was, and I'm not a big. Coffee IPA has been one that I've struggled with when a few people. they did a nice job with. Look, here's the thing for me with Saint Elmo is that I have not had it 
anything that I would describe as even underwhelming, let alone bad from them. No. Like everything I've had has their been... Their Kolsch was really good. I remember going to their tap room and having yeah, a great Kolsch. It's there. like everything that they set out to do, they crush whatever style it is. Like they do exactly what they set out to do yeah. every single time. Whether it's the best version of that style that you've had or not, it's always exactly really what good. it's supposed to be. They're still fairly new. They're, what, a couple years old now? Yeah, two, yeah, like two, two and, and a half. Two and a half years two, old. Two, yep. two and a half, yeah. Um, and they've, ha- they've, done some, they've done some really good stuff. Uh, this is really good. I like I, it. I had, um, with Nathan a couple of nights ago, the uh, the Woke, which was a whiskey barrel-aged nice. um, limited bottle release Ooh. that they did around their anniversary. That was really good. Yeah, yeah we, we enjoyed the San Elmo the first couple of times we had it earlier in this year, a big year for us. We had 155 beers in 2019. You're fucking lying. I promise I'm fucking wow. not. We watched over Cheers. 60 films together. Now, I'm not talking about 2019 releases. I'm talking that includes our Smokey and the Bandit, Smokey and the Bandit episode, for uh, example. So Coors is included in the 155. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Coors. Yeah, no, yes, it is. Coors, 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 Coors Banquet Beer is included from our okay. Smokey and the Bandit episode. Okay, okay. But, That's interesting. Um, okay. We did not plan this episode out too well. I know that we've got categories that we each wanted well, to bring to the table, beers and, and movies. Yeah. Yes. That we wanted to recognize in yeah. 2019 right. for their achievement. Right. Yes. Well, you know, everybody's doing their year end list. It's at that time of year, David. Yeah, it is. And it, and it would seem like a big oversight on our part not to take the opportunity to revisit some of the things that we've liked the most. For sure. Um, or found the most surprising or the most disappointing in the past 12 months. Yes. Do, do y'all want to start with movies or beers? So we're going to start with movies. So go ahead. And we are going to start with our top five of 2019. And the fashion in which we are going to do it is... We are going to go, I'm going to say my number five, number five, number five, David and Joe. Okay. And then we're going to move on to number four, and we're going to go around until we reach our number one. All right. And then we're going to move on to other categories after that. We're gonna we're, we're gonna shoot our load here at the very beginning. As it, well, no, number five what, is the what, lowest. What, 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 yeah. Okay. There number five is the lowest, and then we'll get to number one. And David's gonna beatbox in the corner. Yes, that is accurate. So are you going first? Um, I'm gonna go first. Your fifth favorite film of 2019. My fifth favorite film, and what I'm going to say before I even get in. To any listaging. It's a tie of three films. Yeah. That is going to happen. <laughs> is, is I want to give a disclaimer okay. and say that my list is totally comprised of films that I have actually seen. Good, good call. And I, I should you you should only include films you've actually seen. Well, no, but 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 the reason I say that is because I want to say that there, there are, are plenty of great films that I know that I haven't seen. Good point. Right. Like blind I, spots. There are I, blind spots. I there. know that there are movies that might make other people's lists that I did not get. It may eventually even creep onto your own once you see them. Exactly. And I'm aware of of this glaring oversight right. on my list, and I think that we all are, and nobody should be super angry at us because we did not get the time well, to see. Well, you know, and I'll I'll add on to that. Go ahead and be angry with us. Tell us what we should see so that we can see it. That, yes, yeah. And I will start off by well, saying that my number five film number of five. the year. This is my number five favorite film of 2019, and it might be somewhat controversial. Ready or not. 
Oh, no, that's not controversial. I mean, that's I. I was. I think we, the, we the, had a favorable. The, the, the three of us liked that movie very much when we but, saw but it. But it wouldn't have made my top five. It, it wouldn't have made didn't Joe's make my either. Top five. Maybe it did. And no, it didn't. I know it didn't. Ooh. We'll see. I know are, damn well that it didn't. We'll are see. you ready to find out or or not? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So when you it, said it, ready or not, I thought about the scene where she had the stigmata in her hand and had to put it over that nail when uh, she was getting out of the goat pen. Man. And I got to tell you, I had a very fantastic viewing experience with ready or not. Good okay, call. so Good call. the reason that ready or not makes mine is because it was one of the most. It was the most, maybe the most fun that I had in the theater this year. Yeah, there are plenty of other experiences that were maybe more profound or maybe more impactful emotionally. But I had so much fun watching this movie, mm. and I had so little qualms with it, and so little grievances or things that I would change or that they should have done better. I thought that uh, Samshra Weaving was great in it. Mm-hmm. She was a fantastic lead. I thought the ending was. Very. I know like, you love that scene at the end when the she's, ending was so funny yeah. and it was so like compelling and it the, was the like on fire. it wasn't necessarily unexpected but it wasn't predictable either. It was like somewhere in between of like okay we could have seen this coming but it also could have gone another direction that would have ruined it. Yeah. And I just thought that this was a film that set out to do a certain thing and executed it in an expert fashion where it was as great and as fun and as captivating as it could have been given the parameters that it set for itself. And there's just something about a genre film that hits that genre out of the park that I cannot overlook and that I think deserves recognition. And for me, Ready or Not was that film of this year that was the perfect balance of execution and fun and entertainment at the theater. Nice. And it really deserves some kind of recognition, and so that's why I put it at number five. I like it. And so David, I'm, I'm glad five? it came up on your list. Because that's episode 55. Th- that is one yeah, that... We, we did talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're we talking uh, later in the uh, podcast, I think, about our biggest surprises, and that was honestly one of the contenders for that for me, where okay. I was like, yeah, that was one where I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Yeah, and that will I come up it. later on yeah. in the episode. Um, for me, number five, Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah. at number five, that's kind of low. Five. Low, you think so? Well, I don't know. There's For, a lot of good movies out there. There are a lot of good movies. I, it's it's tough. Um, there there's one. What you what you love about it? We'll talk later about films that didn't even make the top five that I really feel like I need to let people know. Yeah, I want it. I want them to see them, and I saw them multiple times. Anyway, um, but Uncut Gems, I think. To me, making the top five is a sign to me that this is a film I'm going to return to. This is a film I'm going to want to see again and again. I've said I think this is the um, the furthest that the Safdie brothers have gone with their storytelling, along with Ronald Bronstein, their collaborator. I think Adam Sandler's performance is excellent. I do think it probably deserves the reward, the awards it's going to get. Um and uh, and may it get the I would love it if he won an Oscar. I think that would be amazing if if for many reasons I think I think it would it would be a good thing. Um, but that said, 
I think that there are other films this year, as we'll go on, that I think maybe did some things that were more surprising and more innovative to me that sort of put them a little bit above. But this is certainly a film that I would say everybody needs to, if they can stomach that kind of intense, and they should stressful... Yeah. It's worth stomaching. That they need to do yeah. that. Yeah. So that, that's my number five. Uncut gems. Beautiful okay. call. Um, I will say that I believe that at least three of my films in my top five will appear on y'all's top five in some fashion or, uh, or okay. another. Okay. Do, have, wait, but did we already establish Coldplay music videos do no. equi- are equivalent stop, to feature films? Stop, stop, stop. I will did, literally did you peek cancel my list? this podcast <laughs> if we talk about Coldplay anymore. Among the three of us, my top five, I, was the, I believe that I'm the largest, the largest champion for. And okay. I think that's due to like that life connection to the material. Oh, the Irishman, oh I think I know. Which hap- <laughs> say it again? The Irishman. Which happily you He's guys... He's a teamster. We no, knew that. Hold on. He, David knows where I'm going. Yeah. The life connection to the material that happily you guys do marriage not have, story. and I hope that you never do. Number five for me is Marriage Story. It's yeah. episode 69. Yeah. It's all about performance. Ah, that was and dialogue. Him. Sorry. That, Are you terrible. guys Okay. No, you said 69. What did you want us to do? It's all about performance. It's all about dialogue. And this film sold it for me. 69 is all about performance, man. All right. How about, how about 68 sorry, and sorry, fuck y'all. Hold, was, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hit this, hit this, hit this. Why did I do hit this? that? Yeah. No, I do that? that was funny. That I, was really I, I funny. I want to hear your number four, Carlos. <laughs> no, ta- no, no, no. That's, that was, okay, you weren't that's, that's, it, that's it, that's it. I fucked it up. No, I, that's my, I'm sorry. That is I my sentence number five that. marriage no. story, and I, it's going to make an appearance again later. David, why don't you go with number four so Carlos doesn't go for that was it. I wrote a sentence. That was it. It was that it was about performance. Performance, dialogue, and it totally... Totally nailed both. Okay. All right. David, um, you go number four. No, hold first. on. I'm going to go number four. Uh, we're, gonna, we're going in order. We're just yeah, yeah. You're going to do keep it? Going. Let's not get at, you know, let's not get crazy here. Okay. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not get crazy here. Can I, way too late. Can I, can I do a tie? You can do whatever you want to. You're a co owner of this. Honestly, operation. my number four is a tie. Oh, if we can I, do it's, ties. it's really hard for me to pick between the two of them for the number four spot. I don't think that either of them deserve a lower spot than this, but I can't pick which one of them goes higher. And for me, my number four spot is Uncut Gems. Oh. Which David talked about, oh, and that's and, low for Carlos. And, I would have thought it was and, way up in two or one. And we've and we talked about it in a full episode, and recently. So you know, I don't want to go on too long about it, but I obviously liked it a great deal. The Safdie brothers are two of my favorite filmmakers of the current day. I thought Adam Sandler gave a performance that rivaled uh, his high point previously of punch run club but i just i have such a soft spot for honey boy mm. and i think mm. that i mean obviously i'm such a shia labeouf fan and i've You're been shocking me today and i've been i've been on board with shia labeouf since 2000 i expected those since, up one and two since even stevens came out like that obviously i was eight years old when that show yeah. premiered and like it was a big part of my childhood and i've been following him ever since and I thought that those two movies were equally impactful to me emotionally. And I thought that the performances in each were both like somewhat unparalleled performances of the year. Shia was amazing. Adam Sandler was amazing. But I both, in, in both situations, I think they had their kind of 
shortcomings and that maybe there could have been something that elevated them more than what happened than you know what they actually set forth um but i mean i don't know they were both so good and i both left i i, I left the theater in both scenarios honey boy uncut gems so moved and so affected by them in different ways that it really is so hard for me to leave one of them out, and that's why I had to tie them both for fourth place. Yeah. Uh, well, I love it, it. I love it. Yeah, me too. And for me, it was not a silly gesture that we made when we changed the podcast name to Beer and a Shia LaBeouf right. a few weeks back for the... <laughs> Carlos is in love no, with that guy. Yeah, but, I am. No, I but really it, Honey, am. Honey Boy was an excellent film. I enjoyed it and, so much. And an incredibly interesting take on the autobiographical psychodrama. Like... The, I it it stands alone as something that was a mm-hmm. truly mm-hmm. outstanding artistic achievement. Outside of being in the rat theater, I enjoyed it so much. Well, there yes. you go. Yes, and so David, what was your number four? Without <laughs> my number four ado. was everything I saw at AMC. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> so which just was Honey Boy. Honey Boy. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah just Honey Boy. No, number four is the souvenir. Which uh, is okay. one that I think I mentioned to you guys. Yeah, we but did not I see that on the run. We didn't see it on the show. No. Okay. No. So it was one that came out um, back earlier in 2019. Uh, it's a British film. Joanna Hogg is the writer-director. It's semi-autobiographical. So little connection to Honey Boy there. Yeah. And it has um, Tilda Swinton's daughter, Honor Swinton Byrne as the lead um, character who's kind of the stand-in for Joanna Hogg and her kind of relationship with this older man who's kind of encouraging to her in her artistic pursuits but is also addicted to heroin. Um, so it's a it's an addiction story. But it's also, it's really like, from a storytelling standpoint, this is available on Amazon Prime. So I'd say anybody who has an Amazon Prime subscription, I'm gonna do yourself the favor, check it out. Um, it is just really, really interestingly put together in that, like, it gives you these moments in their story, but it leaves a lot of things kind of to the imagination, let's put it that way. And and it, it gives you some crucial moments, but it also deprives you of some. And then it gives you some mundane moments, and it it achieves something of... It's got a nice pace. It does. It's, it's a very deliberate pace. I it's a very... Assured pace, and there's actually a sequel. I mean, one of the things that I loved about this film was in its freaking credits, it had like, and you know, like a, an allusion to the sequel of this film because she always conceived of it as a two part sort of like, we're going to do this film about this in this film about this and to me like an art film with a built-in sequel i love it <laughs> i think that's okay. i think that's just uh nutty. you say it was tilda swinton's daughter yeah and she's in, and tilda swinton's in it as well i used to live it's in called, her building in new york city until the wow. swinton's yeah so you probably saw this woman this well, daughter I, I, the daughter well, is probably no there. maybe this was 2004 yeah. or five i mean she's probably like well i, I would see tilda in the gym and i'd see her down the uh, doing laundry or the daughter was probably <laughs> like <is> fascinating <laughs> probably 10 it was pretty yeah. weird yeah yeah, yeah. so I, so your number four is Souvenir. Souvenir. Joe? Before we do my number, our, uh, my number four, do y'all mind if I open another beer? I do mind. Okay, I'm not going. I don't <laughs> care. This is, my, this is one of my favorite beers of 2018. It's a Bell. 2019. No, no. 2018. It's vintage. Oh. Christmas, it's a Christmas ale, a Scotch ale from Bell's. It's, it's a mass produced. I bet you can probably get it in your grocery store no matter where you're listening, but I brought it because 
I bought the 2019 store. version, which I brought tonight because yeah. I enjoyed oh, it so much. What is last that year. called, Joe? To say it again. What is that called? The idea that I bought the 2019 one. I, I an 18. It's called a vertical. Well, he didn't bring it. No, I just, brought, brought, the, I just, brought, I just brought the 2019. Oh, no. oh he okay. said it was his I'm favorite. Saying, it, was, it was your favorite so much last the 2018 He was version. teasing us. Then when it came Look to town, I bought a case of it. And I just case. wanted to share it with a you all. It's the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's a good, inexpensive beer that you can enjoy, you know... How the fuck is If you're going back into It's not the, fancy schmancy. It's not any kind of uh, brewery no. from a, around the world. Well, speaking but. of Bells, there's a rumor circulating Ooh. that they may no. sell. Oh, don't say yeah, it. Oh. Say it. Don't it's, say it. It's kind of happening. To whom? To whom? What, what I don't know yet. I don't know. Not, it's just kind of been is making it one the of rounds. the mega conglomerates? I don't think, think it would be AB but it could be, you know, like... Miller Coors? Like, like San Miguel that bought, you know, uh, part of Founders or Heineken, but... Or Kieran Chabon that bought New Belgium, so... I enjoyed so this. That may, that I enjoyed the Scotch the Ale with this. Okay. Then, so what is your number four, Jim? I called it a near-perfect film back in episode 65, just a oh, few weeks yes, ago. Oh, yes. Along no, the lines no. of Rushmore for me. No, so, near perfect. Absurdist near satire perfect. with a cast that is oh. fully committed to doing everything yo, yo. that Takah. No, 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 no. Oh, what is it? What is Jojo? it? What is it? Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo, Jojo. Takah Wakaidi is doing here. He's, he, and, they are, and they are committed. That's his fucking name. <laughs> I think his name is Carlos Waititi. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's, it's, it's Harold Waititi. <laughs> and speaking of, the last episode of The Mandalorian is fucking directed by Harold Waititi. I haven't watched <laughs> it yet. <laughs> so, so your number four is Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. And nice. why, why is it your number four? Because it is the perfect blend of satire, humor, and horror about something horrific. And uh, the performances, the performance, glad you put it on there. The performances across the board, from Sam Rockwell to the Sam young, Rockwell, so good. in so a much is, in a much better performance from Scarlett Johansson with than a Marriage Story. In marriage story. Yeah. And so, and the young man, and, and the young man who's the protagonist, it is incredible. He's nominated for a bunch of awards, and I, I think this kid, along the lines of uh, what Tatum O'Neill, is deserving of Tatum some O'Neill. fantastic acting awards for a young person. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, Taylor O'Neill, the young, the, the, the youngest Oscar winner. <laughs> Fuck y'all, man. No, you're I'm so with old. you. I'm with you, but you're he, so old. He's too young. He doesn't. Yeah. He's like, I, who are you talking about? Sorry, hey, I was just watching Bad News Bears. Do you like Jake Lloyd? Is it Jake Lloyd? <laughs> <laughs> right, number three, Carlos, please. No, I we enjoy si- I think, sipping on our beer. No, I think I think the Jojo Rabbit's a great pick. I mean, it it doesn't make my top five. Doesn't but, even make your top twenty. No, it makes my top ten. I think. Oh yeah. At least fifteen, if not ten. It didn't make my top ten. It pr- it made my top twenty. It didn't make your top ten. No. Wow. Yeah. We'll I, get into that I later. I mean, started getting into some weird I mean, shit. I didn't do anything more than the top five. <laughs> David's gonna but surprise us. It makes us my later. top ten, fifteen, somewhere in there. Like sure. it's definitely up there for me. What's your number three? Um, my number three. Man, this is this has been a really tough decision for me. Um, this list has been so hard because there were so many movies that I really, really loved this year. But I think my number three, it's got to be Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. Ooh. It's got to be. Ooh. Great movie. Because we, we, you, we unanimously said it was worth a watch, it was, no doubt. Because it was so good. I thought, I mean, I thought that it was a great. Over Honey Boy for you. 
Yeah, because okay, I'll tell you why. Because it was it was a great script. It was brilliantly directed, and the fact that it made me like Dakota Johnson, who I have not liked oh, previously. Yeah. Uh, Shia LaBeouf gave a great performance, and the fact that it took, you know, it had a character who in the script had Down syndrome, and they found a kid who actually could had do Down syndrome, could do and that could also act his ass off. He was great. It, was so good in it. And the fact that at the end of that movie, I felt so good, and I, I just... It was such an emotionally uplifting film where, you know, it just, it moved yeah. me, it moved me in a way that not a lot of films this year did and made me feel good about humanity as a whole yeah. in a time where things are pretty dark, you know, like, <laughs> right. like, it's they, like, like, like things are not going very well as far as like what we can expect out of our fellow human beings. And this movie made me feel good right in a way that not many films this year made me feel really really good and because episode 68 just a a few ago episode 68 and because of that i couldn't because of the how much it moved me at the end of the film there are not that many movies that were able to affect me the way that that one did so it could not be left out of my top five yeah Good, good call Absolutely. I'm glad that that showed up on one of our top fives. I, I love that film. Um, for me, number three was Atlantics. And, and we wow. whether or not this uh, episode comes out before or after that review, I'm not sure. Uh, but w- when you hear the full review, um, when we talk it out, I mean, I just found that film so inventive um, I love it when a filmmaker does something on that very small scale that really feels like it achieves something beyond its means. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where the, with what's done with the, not even a complex story, really. No. I mean, there's there's a supernatural element to it that has a complexity. Mm-hmm. But once you buy that, it's really pretty simple. And I think it just pulls it off so well. It's so visually interesting. It's so sonically interesting. Everything about it, to me, was was a wonderful film, and I think everybody needs to see this, and it's one that's within everybody's reach. Yeah. It's on Netflix now. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and again, how much would we have liked to have seen this film on a bigger screen? Mm. Would have loved it. Yeah. Right. Well, my number three, uh, this this one, in, in a little while, we'll talk about our biggest surprise of the year. This mm-hmm. one would be a nominee for me because I knew his first couple of films as indie darlings. I took a break from his work. And then I appreciated his biggest film to date prior to this film, Spring Breakers. Oh, yeah. yeah. But going way back to episode 36, yeah. it's Harmony Corinne's Beach Bum. It blew me away. You yeah. guys remember how much I mm-hmm. loved this movie when it came out. Hypnotically weird, drug-fueled. One of the stars of this film is Tone. Yeah. And Harmony Corinne Tone Loke had a great, great cameo. I think in you're that thinking film. of Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> one Martin of the Lawrence. one of the stars of this film is the tone of the film, and he, and Harmony Corinne shows how tone and how you can create it with soundtrack score, yeah, all uh, stars, and then a commitment to his vision 
can do. Cunnilingus. I, I love this movie. Yeah, I is, love this movie. It's neon soaked. Number three for me. Where am I going from here? Who knows? No, I mean, what's your number two? Look, Beach Bum. It was one of my favorite movies I saw this it was year. So good. It didn't crack my top five. Okay. Woo! It didn't. <laughs> but ouch! But only. Only because there it's, was it's not so, a competition, David. Only because there Woo. was there was so much good that came out this year. But I and you know also I'll it was say a it, good mo- it was a good year for movies. It was a good year for movies, and I think and this, unlike 2017, which sucks. Which sucks. let's not even go back. But no, we'll 2019. Never, we're we'll on never go back to 2017. No. But <laughs> I will say, I will say that possibly one of the reasons Beach Bum didn't make my top five. Is because I had to watch that shitty camcorder. Oh yeah, you never even saw it properly. I still have oh, not seen yeah. it in its oh, proper form, brother. Yeah. I know, okay. I know. Well, thank you for selling me the soundtrack. It's, so, it's played often at my home. That's, so that's that when we do the special hybrid records. Uh, hashtag high hybrid records. Hashtag hybrid records. Special uh, private barrel version board. of uh, Prairie yeah. Prairie Dogs. We, we'll that do will a be a that will be screening. A, yeah. So this is number two now. Give it Already to me. At number give two? it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. I think that you guys. I don't know where the fuck tele- you're going. Have telegraphed what I'm gonna say. Okay. My number two film of the year, Olivia Wilde's directorial. Yeah, debut. I knew that was coming. Yeah. It's Booksmart. I thought I it mean, was gonna Booksmart. be one. I thought it was gonna be one. It's Booksmart. Booksmart was one of my favorite movies of the year. I went and saw it twice in the theater. Ooh, now I'm curious what one is gonna be. I feel like it we're was, gonna have a lot of repeats on one. It was. Booksmart just hit me in a way. What if we unanimous? That reminded me so much of my time in high school, and it was also like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. It was just, I just felt so nostalgic, but also like good and positive, and like I really related to those characters, and I really had sympathy towards like their experience and like how it was, everything played out and it was I, an affectionate snapshot it was a it was affectionate but it was also like the role players in that movie were so good like um it's a good film carrie fisher's daughter uh, billy lord yeah she was so funny in it and so was um so was the kid um who threw the oh, party yes, on his uh, yacht um yeah jer bear yeah, what, Jer Bear. What, but what's his name? Jer Bear coming at you. He yeah. was so funny. And then, like, the end of the movie, when, you know, they have their big moment and, like, the soundtrack, it had that great Run the Jewels song in it. Yeah. Dan the Automator did the score. Like, I mean, there was just so much about this movie that it was hit, so good. It hit you good. where it felt good. It, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I it was. Skylar Gazondo. It was really one of those movies where I had such a fun time in the theater. Like, I had so much fun watching it, you know? Multiple times. Yeah. To where the first time I saw it, I was like, this is fantastic. Someday we'll talk about Inside Lewin Davis. I went it takes and, two viewings. I went and saw it a second time, <laughs> and I still had so much fun. I'm looking like, forward so to my second book smart. I, I really hope that Beanie Feldstein wins something for this. I know oh. she's nominated for a Golden Globe for it. I think she, I think she has a lot in her future. I, I think, think she I does. I think she has a and lot of films. I think she does. Yeah. The... The girl that played her best friend, whose name off the yes, top of my head yes, is, yes, yes. I'm uh, drawing a blank. Yeah, Caitlin Deaver, and she was also in. Um, she was in. She Irishman. was in something before that. Oh. No, not the Irishman. Unbelievable. It was, it was, Last no. Man Standing. Justified. Oh, fuck. She was. Caitlin Deaver was in something before. 
right before Booksmart that you're thinking of? Beautiful Boy? No, she was in Young Adult, wasn't she? No. No, she was in the one that had Jay Duplass in it. The one that had J2+. Well, no, because we did it on the show. He's in Bombshell. All right. I fucking swear, man. We did another episode where she was on the show, and it was the one where J. Duplass went to jail, came out of it. Um, Oh. Edie Falco. Yeah, what was that? What one was that? She was in it, man. Was that Outside In? The Lynn Shelton, yes. It yes, was it was outside in. in. Yes. It was outside yes. in. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Yes. Edit all that out and ask the question again. And no, then... no, no. I'll leave it in because she was because <laughs> she was it. in that because that was the sort of trust episode that we did. Yeah, yes. And she was right. really good in that movie. Yes. Yeah. And was also great in Booksmart. And I think that I think that movie is going to get overlooked as a whole for the year because we have stuff like The Irishman right. and Uncut Gems and Parasite. Wow, The Irishman hasn't and, shown up on any of our lists. all of these other things. And well, there's we, gonna... you can catch our full review of Booksmart on episode 41. Yes. That's right. Um, one of my favorite movies of the year. Really cannot say enough great things about it. Yeah. And well, about Olivia Wilde as a director, because I think that she has a lot of promise coming in the future. Yeah. We're, we are getting into a little bit where there's going to be a repeat here. So my number two was The Beach Bum. Oh, Beach was Bum. it? it was. Oh, wow. I feel so uh, nice. Let's go. So, the, the, I mean, I, I expressed how much I love that film on our episode where we talked about it. Harmony Corinne is one of my favorite directors of He's you know, my generation. I, you know, th- there there's so much to say about that film, um, and it is also something that's very easily consumed. I mean, it's not it's it's not a harrowing film. It it it's has its, it has its moments of strife, but it is generally a pretty. It's not quite as divisive as something like Uncut Gems. No, it's not gonna. It doesn't push people into those uncomfortable spots in the same way. But no. I, but I do think it pushes some boundaries, and I think it's an excellent performance from Matthew McConaughey. I think it is. He was a born for that. Wonderful soundtrack. Uh, oh yeah, big time. So top to bottom. You know when Aaron bought it for me. Yeah. For you. Yeah. She said, "Is there any Jimmy Buffett in this?" There is. There is. And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, that's okay. She'll she'll come around. <laughs> so we're on. We've just opened another bottle of beer. There has been another. This bottle. is oh my gosh. a Harry Berry Breakin. Uh, what 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 what? <laughs> so Harry Berry Harry Berry is kind of my, my nom de guerre. <laughs> um, Old Hickory Brewery from uh, I think North Carolina. Okay. But it might send to me. It is a British barley wine. Oh, that shit. one of the What's shitty the American Aviviano? barley wines. Yeah, yeah. This one Fuck I believe is like American a le- yeah American barley wines are shit. <laughs> uh, Bil barley wine is life. Eleven point two percent. Please enjoy. <laughs> get a pour. Very God, nice. And the so show that continues. Christmas sale in my glass. The, Harold, while you have the mic, is there anything out of these films that we've been talking about? Is there anything that stood out to you in 2019 that you were? Super excited about any of the films that we've talked about that you've been. Uh, I definitely like Atlantics a lot. Okay, that, yeah, that really yeah. T- I watched it. That I'm, glad you a lot. Ca- I'm glad really you. I'm glad you watched that. You yeah. watched it. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that was, a good was there tonight? anything that you saw in the theater that really kind of hit home for you? Man, I've had a hard time getting to theater this yeah. year, so I'm kind of unfortunately out of the loop on that. 
I don't want to say what my favorite movie was here so far until you guys say yours. All right. It's kind all of, right. All right. I'll patiently wait. Okay. All, right, all, right, all right. All right. All right. If this is the last number two. This is the last number two. I'm curious. Who does if we're number gonna, two if we're work gonna, for? <laughs> I believe we're going to have a, a unanimous number one. I really do. Okay. What's your number two? Even as I say it out loud. I'll smack you. Even down. Stevens? This film I know is so high on my list because of my guilty, unabashed... It's the Irishman. I'm sorry. No, it's Once Upon a Time. No, it's Irishman. It's Once Upon a Time. Love for Tarantino. No! (laughs) I mean, it's a cliche, right? It is, it is. Yeah. So, uh, but the performances across the board, the study of Hollywood in that time period, the art direction... All right, Ethan. (laughs) Shut up. The bending of history... All leading to that beautifully horrific violent scene in the climax. I, I, it's my my most anticipated film of the year. Right. Did not disappoint. Number it two, was Once, Once Upon, Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you can catch it on Beer in a Movie, episode 48. Yeah. All right, all right. All right, Carlos, your number one film. We wow, watched, are we going to lock we have Steph watched, in, in I think we are. I think we, we have are. watched over 50 films. Yeah. Over 54 films in 2019 we have what's your favorite one parasite yeah it's parasite Uh oh never mind yeah Ooh. my best film of the year was parasite it was so good it was so brilliantly written it was so brilliantly directed every performance was amazing it took so many twists and turns it was genre bending it was amorphous it had a brilliant score it had so much to say about capitalism and the relationship between the ruling and the working class. And it had... Relationships a, within the working class. And relationships yeah. within the working class. It had a clear perspective on like the, what it was trying to say. And it was one of the most focused and well-executed films, not just of the year, but that I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. And it was... One of, if not my favorite movie going experience that I had in 2019. Wow. And not only that, but it completely turned me on and was a revelation to Bong Joon Ho as a filmmaker in general. And I really, I mean, I cannot give enough praise to that film as a whole. And it would be totally ridiculous if it does not win Best Picture at the huh. Oscars this year. Fascinating. Uh, I mean, it just, it was a magnificent movie experience. I'm, I'm in lockstep with Carlos. Wow. Parasite right. is yeah. my number one. I, I, yeah, it's, this, I mean, I knew Bong Joon-ho before this, but see, to, I me, to me, this is the greatest. Th- this... Before this, it was Mother. Mother was the one I loved the best of his. But this one just stepped even above that. And yeah. I just think it was so well put together. I It was the best movie-going experience I had all year. Just sitting there, getting to see that on the big screen. I love that this got a fairly wide release in the yeah. U.S., I, yeah, I mean, it, it just, I mean, for I, all the reasons you said, too. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, and I think it speaks to what a universally appealing film this is, that you can have a Korean language film get this wide of a release in the States. Yeah. I mean, it's so rare that a foreign language film gets the kind of release Parasite did. Yeah. You know, and 
I mean, especially in America, yeah. where like so many people are so averse to subtitles, mm-hmm. yeah. that this movie transcended the way that it did. It's uh, my it's, my it's, it's it's tough to negate right. the impact that it had um, in film this year. My expectation is it will easily win the foreign language Oscar. It has, easily, it, it has it, to. It will not win Best Picture. I think but. that it. I think it'll be a strong contender for Best. Picture. I think it might. I think it might be in the nominees, but I don't it'll think be it'll, it'll be nominated for Best Picture. I think one hundred percent with ten films it will. Yeah. But it man. If it doesn't win Best Picture, well, that solidifies. Okay. Hold on, hold on. If it doesn't win Best Picture, yeah. that solidifies the Oscars as a complete and total. <laughs> I, I mean, it does. I the think Oscars it does. Is like the fucking Grammys, dude. No, I know. And yeah. the Grammys are a joke. At I, exactly. I don't. I don't want to break thing. up the party, so I won't. To Bong Joon Ho, number Bong one. Joon no, no, Joe. No, Joe. Say he's a parasite no. all the way around. No, no, no. Oh. Say, say what your number one was. Parasite. No, because oh. you were building up that it was going to be something different. Of course, I was. It's a fucking podcast i gotta create drama parasites my number one film of the year <laughs> was it actually though yes look at my notes parasite bong joon okay. oh yeah okay parasite. what am i gonna do right. switch it from uh hobbs and shaw <laughs> okay right. now now one thing i will say about my top five list is i have some honorable mentions i have the worst film of the year i saw well i have some honorable mentions that i want to say that were really really close to making my top five and it was really Almost a down to the moment that we were talking. You about better this be putting decision. Lighthouse in that list. It's Lighthouse. Yeah. It's Beach Bum, which was mentioned in the top five, but mm. didn't make my top five. High Life. Yep. Was yeah. One hundred percent a very strong contender, and I had a really hard time leaving it out. Um, I had a really hard time leaving Art of Self Defense out. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And I know that it is an unpopular opinion, but before I saw uncut gems before i saw little women before i saw a lot of films hobbs and shaw was up there for me yeah yeah. it was up there for me Uh, and honestly within the last week i still thought hobbs and shaw was going to make it for me yeah yeah high life it was was some of the most fun that i'd had in the theater high life is a movie that i want want people to see yeah high life high life is something that absolutely deserves mention in the top five conversation even though it didn't make it i know i was i was close it It was so close the the closest for me was once upon a time that was probably that would have been my uncut gems is my number six i would but beyond that it was lighthouse high life honey boy which you mentioned hustlers where'd you go bernadette Where'd you? What? You're out of your mind. Hold on, we'll, that, we'll get there. I promise we'll get there. That, that, out of that your is, mind. No, I like that, that film Joe, a lot. Th- that makes Joe's disappointment list. Like yeah. that film a lot. Um, the Art of Self Defense, which you mentioned. Holy uh-huh. shit, David. The Farewell <laughs> and Little Women. Okay, those, yeah. those, those are all films that like I very said, much would have no roasting, no roasting, no roasting. No, no, no. But like I said at the top, these are the films that I saw. That I thought were the best. Understood. I have not seen right. Farewell. Yeah. I have not seen Queen and Slim. Oh yeah, that was good. There's was good. a there's a lot of movies. I'll say this. There's a lot of movies that I was highly anticipating this year that I unfortunately did not see, get yeah. a chance to yeah. see. 
that I think are deserving of well, being in the mix in this me, conversation. To me, those were we'll need to move Portrait on. of a Lady on Fire, oh, which is which one we didn't that get I, to see. How, has, has where not did you see it? I haven't seen no, it. I'm saying that's I'm looking the one forward to that. I feel like I'm going to want to see that. I don't want to see that too. 1917. Pain and Glory, which was the Almodovar film, which did play here, but I didn't get my ass over to the rap theater. What the hell? Oh, at AMC. Yeah, yeah. Really? So yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I've been hearing great things about that. And Uncut I, Gems is my number six. Midsummer is my number seven. And oh, I know. I love. I, I Midsummer would have been Midsummer is bad. Not in my top ten. It's, it's, but it's okay. Okay. Midsummer was great. Okay, we need to move on. I don't. Know, I don't know how we're gonna do it. I liked it. But we have a lot of categories. <laughs> yeah, to we're get going. To. Into, we're going. The into, second half is gonna be jam packed. Are we? Are we doing second half? Or are we doing? No, the second half is gonna be jam packed. Okay. We're gonna take a break. So real can I ask you guys a quick question? No, we have to review these. Wait, wait. Harold has a question. So I know you guys. Are aficionados, and you mentioned I don't know Once Upon a Time. So, what was your beef with that movie? Once Upon a Time, yeah. Would it require repeated viewings? We no, you have to go back to the episode and listen. We're oh, yeah. well, we're gonna get there. Ethan was a guest on that episode because he had he kind of dropped out of the podcast for a while. Wanted to come back for that. He was very disappointed in his first viewing of it, mm-hmm. and we have. Me and him have talked, and I think everybody has talked with him a great deal since then. And he loves it now. He saw it a second time. Well, and I was like totally. I think sold. I liked it more than him out of the gate. I saw it a second time. I liked it even more. I really do like the film. It's a it's a yeah. really well made film. It's a really uh, restrained sort of Tarantino film. The buddy film. Yes, yeah, episode right. forty-eight. Give it a listen. But give it a listen. Forty-eight. But but, let's, it, let's, but I do think that, you know. To me, the the thing that uh, made that film was was the the charisma of the performers. I mean, you know. I was, I mean, you know, I really can't take anything away from DiCaprio and Pitt in that movie. Like, I really think they're so good. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just something missing from it for me. But I'll tell you what. There was absolutely nothing missing from this Lolo from St. Elmo. Oh, my God. That Milk Stout was very good. Very, very good. How do you even get your hands on that if you want to? I mean, for me, the only you reason... You don't want to know how to do that. <laughs> it's very secret. Yeah. yeah you really that was secret a handshake to these beers. Look, you, you don't want to know the things I had to do for that beer. Right. They're unspeakable things. St. Elmo's out of... Austin, Texas. The, yeah. The main reason... <laughs> The main reason that we are ever able to have St. Elmo's on this podcast is because literally my brother, like my best friend in the world, goes and gets him for you. Lives down the street. Okay. It's not that he goes and gets it's literally well, that it's he a, lives down the street. That milk stout was a delicious beer. Yeah, it's and so it, good. And of the three St. Elmo's we've had really on good. this podcast, that is my very favorite one. Nice. Oh man, it, the I, black can. I don't, I don't know. I don't, what I don't, it's a can they, art. It's delicious. They recently changed the can design. But one thing I will say is that until Nathan had campaigned for St. Elmo's the way he did, I had not had a beer from an Austin brewery that I was really, really sold on. Maybe other than Jester King, until Nathan shoved Saint Elmo's down my throat and was like, "You nice. absolutely need to have beer from them. Not even it's so house. good." I yeah, mean, Electric house. Jellyfish is good, and some of the Jaguar other Shark? ones. Uh, Tropical Kitty is the other one that I've had that I'm I've really really <laughs> liked. Well, because it's like a coconut, right, right. No, like pineapple. Put your dick back. In we're splitting there. hairs here. Yeah. The, the, but no, you Saint Elmo's. Pine, but big I, revelation. I for, I forget about Pinehouse as a brewery. 
because I it's like a pizza place too, and it's like a brew pub, and it like is. you know, I, I it just kind of slips in my mind sometimes. They have really good one offs for sure. They There's do no have question. great yeah. one offs. Now, I brought and, a very mass produced beer. I know I'm not the guy. Well, no, which one? The bells. The bells. Christmas. This is so when we go into the second half and we're talking only about Avengers Endgame in 2019. Exactly. We're going to talk about the mass produced beer or Hobbs that everybody should love. Disney right. movies. When we come back, only after Disney the break. movies. No, well, not there yet. Yeah, we got, after the break. No, not there we got to review these beers. Not there David. yet. I think the Bell's Christmas Ale was really good. Yeah, well, I enjoy this beer very much. Is well, it Scotch Ale? It's delicious. Well, I think for you, that's a bit of nostalgia. Yeah, it's yeah. I enjoyed it. It's like so drinking celebration year. every year. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I'm gonna celebrate bring drink celebration every year. Yeah, you should. It's, it's you a, should. It's a wet should. That's one. IPA I always every pick year. A, I always every pick a year. Christmas party where I'm going to bring a six pack of celebration yeah. and I'm yeah. going to be drinking those. The styles okay. change, but that beer is is a standby every year. Wet hop. Same as this one too. If yeah. you're getting Bell's Year grocery store and in America, you probably are. Grab yourself a Christmas stout in 2020. Christmas sale. That's what I said. It's not a stout. I said Christmas ale. Carlos, Carlos. You said Christmas Herald. Christmas said Harry, Christmas Harry Harlos. And then we, and then we a Harry Christmas. And then in this local. half, we opened one more. A few more than nah, one. Nah, maybe that, a couple come more. Come on, dude. We, uh, yeah. This is beer in a, this is beer in a movie. No, we, this, is many beers, beers in a movie. this is beers, beers in a movie. Beers in a movie, yeah. Well, hold on. Beers. When we come back, we are going to finish talking about <laughs> we opened a beer. certain categories within our year-end reviews. And uh, that's going to be it for 2019. You're going to be done with it. Let's Say go. Lovey. And we're back, and I want Carlos to, was right. I want to make it. We had a third beer that Carlos. we did not mention, <laughs> and we're back. No, it was Harold, and we're back. <laughs> it's, I it's, want to make an amendment to the first ho. half of the episode. Joe, uh, I miss in the morning. Okay, Ho Jilliard was right. We <laughs> did open a third beer, David, and be it was until we call on you. <laughs> it was from Old Hickory Brewing. It was the Irish Walker, and it I was a barley it. wine. English and, barley wine. And English barley really wine. Kind of matters. And this one, Harold, what percentage was this at? Do you I think know? It was like 11% or some shit. Yeah, it's something around there. I can't. No respectable Englishman would have an 11% Less barley than wine. 10%. Yeah. Less than 10 And so Less than 10. this is the back half of our year end review episode. We already went through our top five. We talked about the top from the year. And, and we all. Now and, we're going to dance through the. And surprisingly, surprisingly. We all had the same number one movie. Not not totally surprisingly. I, we love that film. It's that we, good. We did, but I honestly did not expect us to all agree on the number one. Yeah. I I expected there to it be. It was a some clear conflicts. number one. It was it's, a clear it's number one. It's why we stay together. It is why we stay together. Now, for the back half of this episode, I'm gonna drink some of this barley wine. Lead the way, um, Harold. If you want to open another beer, you oh, can open barley another beer. <laughs> barley wine is life. That's right. Um, what are we doing so here? I'm going to kick off. Where's that green beer? The back half. Oh yeah, Szechuan. 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 God, Nathan's gonna yell at me for that one. 
because he knows how to say it and I don't. Now, who makes this? This is B52 Brewing. It's the Chazwan sauce. It's outside Houston. It is. Con- yeah, it's Con- in Conroe. Yeah. It's a ridiculously dry hopped, hazy double IPA. With I'll, dye. I'll kind of pour and that it's one out. nice and green. Looks like It's a, nice and green. It's very green, actually. It's very green. Yeah, it's 100% food dye because I don't think okay. there's anything in that beer Harold, that's going to make poor. it that coloring. Yeah. So... We're going to start this episode, the back half of this episode off with our greatest... More 2019? It's more 2019 yeah. listing stuff. And I got to start off with my greatest disappointment of 2019. A, mere, a movie you were looking forward to. That- a, a movie I was looking forward to that really fell super short of the mark. And look, man, I have thought about this for hours and hours, and I have been trying to make a decision, and it's a three-way tie. Oh, I wow. know it's a cop-out. Wow. I know it's a cop-out because we're supposed to pick one, but I could not decide on one of these three over the others, and my three biggest disappointments of the year that were all equally disappointing, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Interesting. Very disappointing for me. Right. My number two. Go Joe ahead. Hilliard. Yeah. Midsummer. And Dave Gurney. Midsummer. <laughs> my number seven. Yeah. Midsummer was a huge disappointment for me. Yeah. Because even though I didn't like Hereditary, based on the previews and all of the marketing, I thought that yeah. Midsummer was going to be You have an Ari his, Oster thing. I th- well, I thought it was going to be his redemption. I thought it was going to be great. Yeah, and, no problem. And I'll say I love Florence Pugh. Like, I am captivated by her. I great. think that she's a great actress. She's great. And I thought that she was good great in Midsummer. And I thought the film as great a whole, unfortunately, gave a disservice to her performance. And Us was another one. I yeah. mean, I, yeah. I couldn't leave Us off the list of disappointments because Get Out was such we a... We talked about Us for a long, long time we before did, we watched it. And Get Out was such an amazing You're film. Right. And it was such a like transcendent movie-going yeah. experience. And it was a brilliant debut for Jordan Peele. And Us was so... It so fell short of that. Yeah. That those three films together for me... I okay. couldn't differentiate from the three. I understand. And they all had to be. David's a in rule follower, list. so he just has one. I know he has one. I yeah, no, the, uh, us was a contender there. That that was something, and I, I didn't. I, and, and I don't even and look, think I thought. I, was I thought so hard. I thought so hard about that, and I could yeah. not bring myself to yeah. differentiate. For me, and it was a film that I just saw recently. It was Bombshell. Whoa. Uh, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. A film we haven't discussed on the podcast. We haven't. No, I don't think we're going to, um, but I did see it, and it just, I mean, for a story that seems as ripe as, you know, sort of exposing the inadequacies of the Fox News machine, and, and also, you know, being a film about sexual harassment and the, and, and, and the th- sexual three or politics. four strong female leads from, sure. the, from the trailer margot robbie i mean it there's just, a lot of for me powerhouse in there it was a lot like uh vice did, did, i don't mm, know did i remember we, that yeah. episode yeah. yeah we do an episode we did we did we did um Big disappointment for me where it it took that tone of the really sort of like I don't know, cartoonish satire Social that, that kind of comes in. Yeah. yeah. That it just took it to a level where I thought like there was enough there without needing to go to that register. Mm. It it undercut it. 
Interesting. Well, I I, mean, yeah. I, okay. I also I'm going to mention three films, and and there were some great three. There were some great performances in there. Don't get me wrong. There were some things I liked about the film. Yeah, you're our which delegate. Which made it for all the movie. more and, disappointing. And you know, here I mean to you know to piggyback on what you're saying, all of the three films that I mentioned had great performances in them and yeah. had great redeeming qualities to them. Yeah, but they. Even in light of that, they all fell short. Yeah, Joe, what is yours? Well, my gut was gonna go with the Irishman because as disappointment. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. As You're as, fucking kidding me. No, I said this in episode sixty-six. No, he was. He was. He was, he was it was just. It, it just could not live up to my expectations of a Scorsese mob film. I just. I just wouldn't imagine. No, you it, it was painful it because for the last six months of the year, I was like, "This is my most okay. expectation." Okay. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. It was and his. Then, it was his uncut gems. I also thought about okay. one of David's top fives, Carlos, and this is where'd you go, Bernadette? When you went ooh, when was he said that i said the same was thing that in your top five? It, no it's the also ran the honor yeah, yeah it's yeah. T- top 10 when he was discussing that yeah yeah where'd you go bernadette it was a piece of crap no <laughs> it was it terrible is such a i expect so much from link ladder and i really did not I, yeah i was so disappointed it was, yeah <laughs> what harold said but ultimately i'm gonna go all the way back to episode 33 for us and carlos tip me no tip me tip me it's us, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Yeah, oh. uh, my most disappointed film of the year of 2019 is us because we talked about 2018, the last six months, what we're yeah. going to look forward to. January, February release, early yeah. release. Us was up there. Get Out was so phenomenal. It was Where so is he good. going to evolve his horror tastes? Yeah, us was a story ultimately that I could not get behind. Yeah, I. I mean, great I, characters, I great mean, acting, agree. good horror. <sighs> But God dang it, that story was just too much to swallow. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there were some good performances in it. I wouldn't say that across the board it was good acting. But yeah, I I agree with you, Joe. That I think that's why we clinked glasses. It was. It is why we clinked glasses. Take I think us that somewhere. The story ultimately led us down an errant path, mm-hmm. and I think that had. I look forward to his next film. I mean, I I'll do be too. in the theater. I do, yeah, I'm same. sure we'll talk about. I it. I look forward to it as well, and I will go see it. It's but it's you know, right. and it's it's but honestly, it's hard to give him too much flack about it because, you yeah. know, um, it's somewhat analogous to film. But you spend your entire life writing your first album, and that first Where album go is going to be. You know, transcendent or like if it if it hits, it hits. But well, then, but, but but then you've got to turn around and write your second album. Let's in pray a year. it's not a sophomore slump. Where are we going? I I hope so. My most surprising, or, or that it's only. No, a no. What is the it's criteria for this one? For surprising? Yeah, your most surprising film of 2019. That it has to involve clown makeup. It has. <laughs> so it chapter wrinkles, two wrinkles works the clown. for everybody. Wrinkle, uh, it's you know whatever up. pops out around a corner. I would just... say that the criteria for this one is that it is a film that either you didn't expect to be good or that you only expected to be okay. Uh-huh. That transcended above Made your expectations. Big. Made it big. You know. Let's um, go for let's go for another trifecta. But 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 it didn't it didn't Hold need on. to it didn't need to make it big though. I think as a whole, I'm I think, sensing a trifecta. Well, no, I think that what's important. For this category, the most surprising film of the year category, is that 
it just exceeded your expectations. What it did, didn't need to be unanimously praised. What do you got? I got another tie. Oh. It's it's very hard to pick between the two, but one of the most surprising films for me was Detective Pikachu. <laughs> look. Look, 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 I'll say, I'll say when I is saw this it, real life, it is, wow. it is real life, it is real life, simulation was going on here, no, 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 so, hold on, so, hold on, hold the on, the second one will bring him out of it, don't worry, give me a second, yeah, when I saw shares. the trailer for Detective Pikachu, I was like, okay, <laughs> they're trying to do some kind of live action Pokemon bullshit, right, this looks terrible. They succeeded. Why would anybody ever want to do this? And I went and saw the film. Yeah. But then you opened your heart well, it and was, let love in. I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't get carried away. But I think that it was a fun movie. I had a very good time watching it. Yeah. And it wasn't as cheesy and as shitty as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Oh, so, right. I mean, what, what, so, did, what did Detective so, Pikachu tie with? So the fact that I had, look, the fact that I had a good time in the movie theater. Sure. In that film, expecting the lowest of the low, made it a surprising experience for me. Yeah. Now, what it tied with, I know it's going to sound absolutely outrageous, but it was Parasite. I didn't... Oh, the biggest surprise. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, no, no, well, I'm, with you. Well, no. I'm with you. No, no, no. I'm with you. So, I understand. No, so the reason that this right. is tied with Detective Pikachu and makes the same list is that before Parasite, I had absolutely no idea who Bong Joon-ho right. was. Yep. I had never heard of him before in my life. I didn't know any of his previous work. I didn't know what to expect, anything like that. And I saw the trailer for this going around, and I saw all this hype, and yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. And I'm with you. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, I really didn't. And it's a foreign language film, and I have no kind of comparison to give it. I have no basis for this kind of film mm-hmm. other than old boy. I mean, it's probably the only thing that right. I really have to compare it to. Coming out of Korea. And that was, what, 15 North years Korea, ago, 17 years ago? I mean, it was a yeah. long time ago, you know? Right. And so the fact that I no, don't good, have good good I don't call. have any point of reference for it, mm-hmm. that I've never heard of the director, any of that, yeah. the fact that I went and saw this movie just based on the fact that it had been getting praise and that yeah. it had won this I saw a par- I saw Parasite. Kind of Hold on. Go ahead. And that I had given this award to Khan. And I went and saw it and was totally blown away and transformed by it. I mean, it's not that I expected to not like it. It's that I didn't expect it to like it to as much that you transcend. You know, yeah. it, it really hit me in such a more profound way than I ever could have imagined. If you go back to episode sixty-three, you know that we pair films. Yeah. So we paired Parasite with Snowpiercer. Yeah. Right. And I saw both of them for the first time for that podcast. And Snowpiercer is another one that really exactly. fucking hit me Ex- super hard. You hadn't seen it prior. I hadn't. Exactly. Hadn't. That was a surprise. It was. It and, was a huge and surprise, Parasite especially because was a when surprise. I saw the trailer for Snowpiercer in 2014 this is I thought bullshit. this looks fucking stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. you know whatever go back to episode 63 and listen to the whole thing David yeah. what was yours those, those, most surprising those, those really surprised me and floored me mm-hmm. right so for me surprise wise there are a couple of films that have already been mentioned the Peter Butter Falcon okay yeah. and Ready or Not were two films that I had not expected to like as much as I did yeah. 
that both of them really grabbed me, and I think they are two of the best films of the year, and I was very excited to see them. But Wait, two? You said Peanut Butter Falcon and what else? Peanut Butter Falcon and Ready or Not. Ready or Not, yeah. yeah both both showed up on your list of the top five. Ready but, or Not. But the one that hasn't come up and the one that I feel like it's only because I was so late to the franchise, John Wick 3. Oh, oh, interesting. Good call. I'm glad Where that I'm was, glad John call. Wick has shown up. We in said this that episode. tonight. I was glad that big this fan year that. was the You're year right. that I dipped into that, and it was action filmmaking at its uh, yeah at, at its height. And it yeah. was just action like film. Great choreography. Yeah. Great effects. Great practical stuff. Great performance yeah. from Keanu. Yeah. And, you know, it's. It's silly, it's trivial, but if you love those kind of films, if you love an action film, yeah. it's it's really just right up there, top notch. I would, I, yeah, I would I say that um, if I didn't, if I could, if I eliminated my top five, Parasite and Beach Bum both would appear on this list. Surpri- <laughs> surprising of how much I enjoyed the film. Yeah, because I'm I'm with you. I didn't know anything about Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. And I've since I, gone I really back didn't. and looked at every single immediately accessible film of his since we watched it. Okja on uh, Okja, Netflix, yeah. you should watch that. But for me, the movie that surprised me just by how much I enjoyed the theater experience when I wasn't expecting as much as I did was back in episode 67, it's Knives Out, Ryan Johnson. Oh, nice. He's back from his Star Wars little, uh, you know. Yeah. That weird faux pas detour, yeah, where he's back into genre films. In this case, the Who Done It, and I thought that Knives Out was the one of the most satisfying cinematic experiences I ever had. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah. I I was super surprised by just how much I liked that movie. One hundred percent. Yeah, I I agree. The next category: best performance, right? Best mm-hmm. single performance of Best the year. Best single performance, male, female. Oh, I thought it was duo performance. <laughs> Did you really? No. Okay. <laughs> the best performance of the year. Actor, not actress, supporting, whatever. not whatever. Yeah. yeah, just in general. David, what was yours? I don't want to go first on this one. You're throwing it to me. I'm throwing it to you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I a don't tough one. Go first. For me, honestly, I think it goes to Adam Sandler. And wow. that's okay. And but not honestly, in your top five. Films. Yeah, it was. It was number five. Oh, you're, you're it right. was number. number five. Five. Can I yeah. enter for one second? Yeah, I have a name for you. Of course. Award show. The Frotskers. <laughs> the Frotskers. Did, did, yeah, you open up. <laughs> you know what? The Frothies. Wow. You've already yeah, said Adam Sandler, so I don't do want to interrupt you, but but we did skip you. So Adam Sandler is your best performance of the year? To me, I loved because I loved Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. I, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. I've I've loved him since SNL. And I get it. He's not for everybody. He's I get not. it. He is, has made a lot of crap. I I mean I've I've seen some of it that is crap. But to me, this film, what they wanted him to do, what he did, was really remarkable. I think it it took um, it took him to another level. It took the story to a very appropriate level where it needed to go. I just think performance wise, it is the one that has is sticking with me the most, and mm-hmm. I feel like is going to stick with me stick with me the most. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. 
This is the award for me that's most likely to get us into a fight. Okay. Because I know that I'm not entering into a friendly room here. Ready to fist fight. But for me, it's Adam Driver in Marriage Story. No, I liked him. It was Scarlet that I had. The he delivers was, the yeah. most authentically real, <coughs> no, real he life performance great, he in two thousand nineteen. He has some great okay. moments. I, I, if okay. this guy, I think, will win the Academy Award for this. He might. He might. He might. He might. So good. I will say that I think that it is very possible he wins for Best Actor. And and, and it's like I said in the episode that we did on this film. That there was a moment where he delivered some of the rawest yeah. emotion it's raw, it's that I've real. seen in film. Yeah. My only grievance with him. The singing thing. Well, no, it's not just that. <laughs> it's not that. It's that the moment where he gave that performance that I'm saying is like some of the rawest emotion I've uh-huh. seen in film was so brief and so fleeting that I think it's hard to really give it to him as a whole because that was such a short-lived moment in his mm. performance in that film. Well, if that's the fight we're going to have, I'm fine with it. And guys, you, I, oh, you no, can hear I, our saying. full... I want to I prepare you. Get ready. You can hear our full review on that on episode 69. 69. <laughs> so, so just real quick, oh, no. what's the criteria then for best performance? If it's too short... Well, What's I think. Your oh, I don't I, well, I think no. because we were limiting it to not being a supporting or yeah. the Joe. It can I be anything you want. When well, we were planning the episode, was just saying no. It, it doesn't say, say, Yeah, it doesn't need to have a certain amount of presence in the film. It could just be the greatest performance. I mean, the the critique that I'm giving Adam Driver in Marriage Story is that for the most part. I felt his performance to be rather flat. One noted. And Ooh. and one note and somewhat kind of unaffecting. It was just this really, really brief moment where I was really dialed into what he was doing, yeah. you know? And it was such a fleeting moment that Th- it's that's ha- not enough then. It's know. not enough and it's yeah. and it's hard for me to ignore how flat everything else was in that movie. Got it. But but there's this moment where he's just giving this performance where he's like his chin is like doing this like flinching kind of like thing where he's like, he looks so invested and he looks so affected by what's happening in that moment that it's, it's hard to, I mean, it's, I think it's impossible to ignore that he's doing something really true and authentic in that singular moment. Episode 69, Harold. Yeah. But I, the the French will call that free song. But I think that overall, your hair stands on your arm. It did, yeah. it did. Yeah. and it and it was yeah. really powerful that moment. And I yeah. and I cannot take anything away from him, and I can't act like that wasn't a very real experience in that film. But I think that with outside of that, like thirty sec, thirty to sixty seconds of that movie, that the rest of it wasn't. See, just but I've always felt bland. that way. Like, like. I love how my selection is getting the most conversation. But, but, but <laughs> the critique I'm saying right, is that if, if you're in a, a movie or a TV show and you give a performance and it could be 10 seconds, 15 seconds, but that, that performance is so profound yeah. and so real and so like heavy. Yeah. That's not enough to like sway. I don't know. It, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's tough. It is tough. It is tough to say. Um, and, I will admit that I have some prejudice to Adam Driver in general that is keeping me from fully embracing his performance, and I'm not blind to that 
prejudice that I have, and I can't say that I'm not affected by that prejudice. So, you know, I don't know. I know it's I know it's tough to say, and it's hard for me to fully embrace it. I Does understand. it rhyme with bar whores? <laughs> it might. It might. <laughs> it might. But for me, the best performance of the year and the one that, I don't know, affected me the most and that I felt the most connected to is no surprise. It's Shia LaBeouf. As the father in her oh, yeah. he loves Shia LaBeouf. Just I, I do, I do. I, I mean, I mean, I really do. I can't, I can't say that I don't. I mean, I've, I've loved everything he's done since I'm not famous. Like, he, he will not divide us. Like yeah. all of the like art projects that he's done, the performance art things. I mean, I've been on board with him since 2000 and even Stevens. Like, I mm-hmm. followed him through Disturbia, Transformers, all that stuff. Like. I really cannot say that I'm not biased because I've been on board with Shia LaBeouf for so many years. At this point, almost 20 years, you know. Um, but I really thought that his performance in Honey Boy and him writing that script and being vulnerable enough to be able to embody the character that is his father and I really was surprised really and wasn't. really and really dive into that role and. I don't know, embody it the way that he did and then not only be able to give the performance that he did, but also be able to turn around and show it to his dad and say, here's what I did. Mm-hmm. I, I was so surprised that he did not get higher up in your top five. I really was. I, uh, I uh, Films of the year. I had a really hard time with that one yeah. because I, I really did love that movie and it affected me in a way that not a lot of other movies did. But, you know, I don't know. There was just so many good things that came out this year. Yeah. And I, but but one thing that I cannot do is I cannot deny Shia LaBeouf the credit that he deserves as an actor for that movie. Yeah. And, I mean. Honey Boy stuck with me. The thing that I love about him so much at this point in his career is that there are not that many people that are willing to dive that deep. And to be able to lay themselves out and be as vulnerable as he is willing to be in the public space. And I think that, you know, he's he's the he's the type of artist that we need in this day and age that is willing to just like put himself out there and be the most vulnerable that he's willing to be and be able to, you know, just be you're in love. That person, yeah. you know. I no. I. I mean. I no. I am. I, I. I. really. I really do believe in him as an artist, not just as an actor, but as an artist in general. We got he, it. He's the Donald Trump of acting. No. Should we? No. Wow. No. You just shit all over him. Please don't really, say that. Should we? Uh, really did just fuck hey, up everything I had. Why don't to say? we review That's the beers we've drank? Terrible. In the second little part, and then we'll I'm go so into offended. our beers. What do you think? That so, was that was honestly an awful way to end. I know, David. That was I was so surprised by what you Buzz said. Buzz killed Dave. Wow. Okay. Well, that is my well, hold on, hold final on, statement on, on 2019. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to the beers, we didn't talk about scores. No. no. 
you know, oh yeah, right. Score okay. and then beer. So uh, the, the you Bruins are up three points on the Nationals. I don't. And then the yeah scores that the the Conroys have that no oh scores oh oh best scores in film scores man. So for me, I gotta go. Okay, so. My, I have a split decision. Wow. Uh, th- my number three film, Atlantics, uh, the score by Fatima Al Qadiri. That's a great I think pick. is right up there. That's a great pick. But, That's an awesome. But story. right alongside it is my number five film, Uncut Gems, with the score from Daniel Lopatin. Okay. Uh, th- those two right right there together. The, You're supposed to pick a top three. Three? Were we going no, three scores? We're doing one three. score. I thought we were doing one score. I yeah. thought it was top three. No. Well, see, I thought I was indulging with, with two. But, yeah, I mean, All right. th- those would be the ones that I w- was going with yeah. um, in terms of score. I don't okay. care if it's cliche. It didn't matter. I mean, the star of this film is the tone of this film in 2019. That's Uncut Gems. And the score is okay. so, tex- oh, so, nice. so textural, so multilayered. You've got Electronica, which you saw back in the uh, Heaven. Well, I was going to say Heaven Heaven Knows knows What. And then you've got the evolution of the Softy Brothers into Uncut Gems with uh, not only a a, uh, Electronica score, but you got a little uh, like black metal in there. It's it's, it's fantastic. Uncut Gems, for me, the best score of the year. Uncut Gems, best score. Uh, and we hand it over to Carl. For me, I had a really hard time with this. I, we knew you would. Obviously, from what was just said mere moments ago, I thought we were doing top three and not just best score. We want to hear your top um, three, Carlos. Now, my biggest issue or biggest obstacle in picking this list was that I had to decide between the scores that affected me the most as I was watching the film versus the scores that, in hindsight, I listened to and thought, this is fantastic, you know? And so one of the scores that is left off of my list, because I didn't notice it enough in the film, but upon listening to the quote-unquote soundtrack... Um, afterwards I really enjoyed was Booksmart. Okay. Dan the Automator did the score to that film. And I saw it twice, and I don't necessarily remember the score during that. I remember a lot of the songs that were played in it. Um, but listening to the soundtrack, I was like, this is amazing. Like I love what Dan the Automator did here. But because as watching as I was watching the movie, it wasn't apparent enough, doesn't make my list but is an honorable mention. My top three scores of the year, in no particular order, was Atlantics. Loved that. Yeah, like, that was really as I was watching That's it, two. As yeah, I was watching really it good. this morning, yep. I could not shake the feeling of that score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such an integral part of that film, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was right. so important into you're right, creating Snow, yeah. the tone and all of that kind of thing. Um, another one was Little Women, which oh, is wow. a film that we did not talk about on the podcast, but even though it was kind of, I mean, it was, it was kind of predictable in as far as like the tone of the soundtrack versus the tone of the film, like it fit perfectly in a way that was predictable, but in a way that worked really well, you know, it didn't, it didn't necessarily break new ground or, you know, pave a new way for, 
uh, film scores. Of but it that serviced era. the film. But it serviced the film so well, and it was yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it and it was one that, as I was watching the movie, I just couldn't help but notice the music that was being put behind some of those scenes. But and this one's gonna fuck you up. Okay. <laughs> Your number one score of the year. My number one score of the year. Fuck me up, Carlos. Us. Mm. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Us. Yeah. Oh, I got five on it. Uh, so I know. I know that it was and in who my. Is the com- who's the composer again? Michael Abels. Yes, it was who, one of my biggest. Done the score for Get Out. Get Out. It was one of my biggest disappointments of the year as far as film. Film goes. wise, right. but the score, but the score came through. Was Service so the film. good. Yeah. That if there was anything in that movie, you're right. You know what? You're right. If there yeah. was anything in that movie that really, really worked, and that made it worth watching, it was that score. And it wasn't just. The score throughout the film where, you know, whatever's happening is happening and it's like, you know, setting the scene for the tension of like they're moving into the, uh, you know, um, uh, Tim Heidecker's house, mm-hmm. you know, and they're kind of moving that direction. They're taking over, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when you get to the end and the I got five on it is interpolated as like an uh-huh. or- orchestral piece yeah. uh-huh. and it's like. Fuck, man! At the end of that movie, it hits so hard. Have you listened to that it's... score since, like, on, yeah. on, a, on an album? Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah! Of course, you have, you have better access to it, and well, no, yes, I, I and, and you know, it's a it's a score that I didn't stock in the store because I thought the film was so shitty. Okay, you know, really? and I should have got a couple of copies in, but I've listened to it, and if there's anything that movie did right, it was that score. Wow, you know, okay. and it was. It was really good. I'm really surprised nobody really mentioned good. the score of Mandy. Uh, that was last year. That was that was 2018. Was it? it was 18. Oh, it was, but that was a great. I thought score. that was a freaking. That was and he that died. Was, that was like that was he died right before. Yeah, he died right before. But this great. year we're talking well, about. Sorry for the full part. No, 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 that's that okay. was a great score. No, 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 because Mandy was definitely in my top. Leave your beers behind. What uh? What about the beers we had in this little segment? Oh, we had so many good ones. Shit, man, what did we drink? Y'all just mostly talk. You didn't drink too much. We were, no, we drank we were drinking the Szechuan. We, we were drinking the Szechuan from B fifty. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all y'all. Uh, the, whole time. the Christmas ale was good. I liked the Christmas. That was before, ale. actually. Yeah, that was before. Well, that was before. <laughs> yeah. If right. we if we opened your beer during this but, segment, we loved it very much. But and we, we were glowing reviews. But we were going to talk about beer. right? Yeah, we're going to. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Let's, okay. Well, let's let's take a quick break. It's a long episode. Break yeah. another break. Break, oh. and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about our favorite beers of the year. Give us one second. All right, we are. Um, it's something that we have broken into in the last part of the episode, but that we are now acknowledging. But we <laughs> are breaking into Arizona for the first time. Whew. This is the Desert AZ. Magic IPA. From Mud Shark Brewing. Yeah, that one tastes a little bit old. Yeah, uh, so yeah, it tastes a little old. Harold had it already. When yeah. you, when Harold and Joe, I think, had it already. It tastes a little, little faded. Give it to us for the first time. So this is the last and third part of the episode. We talked about our top five favorite films of the year. We talked about our biggest disappointment, our biggest surprise. Favorite performance, favorite scores, yada, yada, yada. This is now the part where we talk about 
our favorite beers. Joe, do you want to? <laughs> I'm sorry, my cat's uh, being an asshole. His cat just assaulted Joe. That's <gasps> yeah. my cat. Yeah, Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. Of all the Dwight. movies Don't I be saw, an asshole, Dwight. Of, of all the movies I saw in 2019, the worst movie I saw was Netflix Wine Country. All right, you I meant to say this before we got was, started. Dwight was Netflix Wine Country. Yeah, with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. It was, oh, it was bad. Come on, bad really? worst movie I saw. All but year. what was your favorite beers of the year? Okay, three. so do you want to do that first? Number top three? three beers, okay. yeah. My top three, my top three beers of the year. Number three, you have to go back to episode twenty-four. It was the very beginning of the year, okay. and I'm going to put Ingenious on the list because we love them so much. It was their uh, strawberries and cream double double froyo. Double froyo. froyo. You brought it. I think a mule brought it. Was in. it? Was that from? Uh, was that from the batch that you had at your wedding reception? I don't, um, I think it. You brought it to the you brought it to close, the party, Carla. Yeah, I think it was close to that. It's an eight point two ABV Imperial New England Hazy Milkshake IPA, lactose, finished with vanilla and strawberry. We love Ingenious on this uh, podcast, and I just had to put them on the list, and uh, that's a refreshing, delicious beer. What was your number two? Is that how we're doing it? We're not going round robin. No, we'll just go three, two, one. I said it in episode 66 when we reviewed The Irishman. It's a 10.3 Brooklyn. I said out loud, this is one of the top 10 films we've enjoyed, top 10 beers we've enjoyed on the podcast. It's that evil twin brewing Irish coffee stout. Imperial stout brewed with lactose, damarara sugar, nutmeg, vanilla, medium toast oak spirals, and coffee from Tandem Coffee. On the spot, I said top 10 beers of the year, and I enjoyed it very much. In 2019, that's the, the, like the second the second best beer I drank, and number one it's the spirals. If you ever if you ever get a chance to visit uh, the, um, <laughs> I'm just excited that Dwight is getting a place on the he's podcast. Getting, if he's you getting ever, some airtime. If you ever get to visit Beer in a Movie Studios, you will see a beautifully built out room where Carlos is displaying all of the favorite beers. Yeah. With can art or just impression. And my number one beer that I drank in 2019, I drank it here on this podcast, episode 54. It's the uh, Definitive Brewing Company. I'm holding the can in my hand. I pulled it off of the shelf. It's the Saved by the Buency of uh, Soursop. It's only a uh, 5.8% ABV. That's right. Way low on our average sour ale. Condition on strawberries and the exotic soursop proof. So, soursop fruit. fruit. A delicious beer that we drank again at your home, David, when yeah. we had a little beer share, a yeah. little bottle yeah. share there. Those are my top three beers of 2019. Well, top done. three. Thank you, Joe. Thank what you. was the brewery you were most excited to try for the first time? Okay, well, it started in episode 56 when we reviewed. There's Ad- only one. Yeah, you have to pick one. I'm going to, <laughs> and we drank it on this podcast first in episode 56 when we reviewed Ad Astra. What was it? Their collaboration with Dancing Gnome called Stairwaves, an 8.2 double IPA, oh. and then in episode 62 we reviewed when we watched The Lighthouse, 
a 5.5 ABV milk stout gunner's daughter. I'm talking Ooh, of Mass Landing. Mass Landing. Love from it. Westbrook, love it, Maine. Love it. My when hometown. When I tasted that. My hometown. When I tasted Mass Landing's beer for the first time on this podcast in 2019, that was the brewery I was most excited oh. to try okay. or, or be exposed to in 2019. You know, it's number 22 on the Brewers Association list of the 50th, 50. Fastest growing breweries in 2018. Is that Mass Landing? They are growing wow. big. They're growing fast. They've got a big uh, following, and now yeah. I'm part of it. Nice. Okay. All right, Carlos, give it to us. My third favorite uh, that we've had this year is Saved by the Buoyancy of Soursop. Oh. Ah. Wow. Here, hold the can while you talk about it. Yeah. I really, really liked this beer. By Definitive Brewing Company. Um, and it's not just its Mitch Hedberg relation. I don't know. I just... There was something about this beer that was so different and so refreshing. And I really, really enjoyed um, trying this out. Enjoyed it a great deal, um, enough to keep the can around. <laughs> it's still in our studio where we record the podcast. And enjoyed this a great deal. My number two is the Big Ass Money Stout from Evil, Tin, e- Evil Twin. I thought that Brewing might make Company. an appearance. Yeah, I mean, you already know that it's going to come up in... My favorite of the year, the Big Ass Money Stout. This one, um, I'm also holding the can in my hand. It's a 7.2% alcohol. um, You know, it's, I mean, they claim that it was conditioned on pizza and money. I don't necessarily believe that at all. But it is what it is. And... Oh man, my third favorite. Your first favorite. My first favorite. These aren't necessarily in a particular order. It's really, really hard to decide which one is first and which one is third, but these are my top three. Again, in no particular order. It's got to be the heavy hitter. It is a raspberry Belgian style imperial stout. And this one was from, where's the brewery on here? Forefathers Brewing. They are out of Indiana. And I think this one makes the list for me because it was the first Belgian-style stout that I've ever had, and it was so delicious that it really sold me on the Belgian stout as a whole. Right. And for a beer to be of a certain style, the very first that I've ever had of it, and make that lasting of impression of an impression is worth noting, and it makes my top three. You can hear well us done. talk about the um, big-ass money stout on episode 55 when we discussed the most dangerous game. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. And then um, the heavy hitter goes with Goodfellas back in um, episode 65. Nice. I'm sorry, 66. 66. David, what are your top three? Oh, hold on, hold on. I didn't finish. 
the brewery that I was the most excited to try for the first time uh-huh. was not one that we had on the podcast, but it was Great Notion Brewing oh, out yeah. of Portland, Oregon. Right. David was gracious enough to bless me with a hazy IPA from them. Juice Jr., yeah. Juice Jr., yeah. even though the one that I've been seeking out the most from Great Notion is double the stack. the double stack. Right. Yeah. Well, nose. Yeah. My man's nose. They're good stuff. They're good stuff. <laughs> um, but I did get to have their Juice Junior, which was a hazy IPA, which was delicious, even mm-hmm. though it was like, what, two months after they canned it, still held on to enough of that hop character. Yeah. Was worth the wait. Right. Um, very excited to have more from them in the future. And that is my year end list. <laughs> so for me, uh, my, my top three, one, number three, uh, probably a little controversial, um, Fruit Ninja from, hey, the, from Baba fuck, Brew House. Um, I a, should have thought about Fruit Ninja. A smoothie oh, uh, beer that Fruit Ninja it, was I know so some, good. some folks are not too keen on calling these beers beers. Uh, but they are beers that are incorporating a large amount of fruit puree. Um, fruit Ninja with, was so With good. usually a sour um, fruit base. And Bobar Brew House out of the Houston area doing these beers. I just so had good. them, what, a few weeks ago? Yeah, we did. Really some stellar... Just wonderfully drinkable stuff that I would love to have Man, some more fucking, of you in 2020. To. You had what? to show us all up. What are you talking about? You had that. I know, but you had to be the <laughs> one that thought of it. Oh, yeah, I, I to thought it was a I'm happy with what's my happening with 450 North right now. What, what's up? Explain so, it. So Explain 450 it. North is a brewery that's doing these kind of beers. Like the heavily beers, fruity yeah. smoothie They have beers, been, right? yeah. So somebody decided to do an analysis in a lab Uh-oh. and check the ABV of the beers. And they and sell what? them at 10% alcohol. And what are they actually? 2.5. <gasps> 2.5? That I, that I 2.5. totally believe. It, because what they're doing is they're fermenting the beer. And then adding And then the adding fruit. the fruit after yeah, the fact, right. which is diluting yeah. the alcohol. Yeah. So they got called out. So they're saying, well, going forward, we'll fix our process, but we're also going to remove the ABV from our, from our cans. Right. From the slushy XLs. That makes sense. So Push, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of... Um, caution right now with these kind of beers they're delicious but are are they beer are they like fruit beers are they like smoothie like you know what i mean so yeah yeah yeah. so yeah we're be cautious you good yeah okay okay so so that was my number three number two peanut butter cup from Hubbard's Cave Brewery, yeah, um, which we had just back with, with peanut butter. A few that was, that was really good with the peanut butter falcon. Um, I think that was episode sixty-eight. That's coming through. That's going to come through on the episode. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Episode sixty-eight. It was really just one of those super well done. Imperial stouts with peanut butter. That's so just, good. I mean, yeah, no, I mean so it was it was candy bar in a glass. Yeah. So uh, I had to put that on there. And for me, number What's one, number one, number one, the fruit, the fruitful barrel boysenberries. 
uh, from <laughs> Garden Path Fermentation. Oh, okay. The fruitful okay, barrel okay. boys mirrors. Oh, is that um, when you and Ethan went up for yes, that? Yes, we had it back. Y'all had that luxury that we did not you get. you did not bring any home. We didn't get it. I did bring some home. We, no, we, you didn't. Yes. You did not share any with me or Joe. I'm pretty sure that I did. All right. Well, but what was it? Remind us. The fruitful berry barrel boysenberries, uh, Garden Path Fermentation, who also take my favorite new brewery mm. of the year, Garden oh, wow. Path Fermentation. And that's that's Ron Extract. Get ahead right? of yourself. It is. Ron Extract. Who yeah. had Bitch. been with Jester uh, King, Jester since, King the yeah. since the beginning. Since yeah. the beginning. Um, started his yeah. own brewery with his partner up in Washington State. Is that with Avery? Avery Swanson? The head brewer from Jester King? No. No. I thought she was with Amber Watts. Amber Watts was with him. Yeah. And they're doing some great stuff, but their fruited sours that they're doing are just fantastic. And that was my favorite of what they had from them. And I wish I had more access to their stuff, but everything I've had from them was fantastic. And that's my number one beer of the year. Can I get my number one beer of the year? What's yours? Harold, please do. It's very simple. One word. Natter days. Hell yeah. Natter days. Yeah. Yes. Natter days. All right. Number one beer of the year. Anybody who's, sorry, looking for uh, Natter days was the beer of the year. Delicious. That beer of the year is nothing better. You, You can find it anywhere. You can find it at your local gas station. It was definitely beer of the summer. I mean, definitely I, I, beer 2019. Of the what a fantastic year for beer in a movie. We saw so many movies. Uh, drank at least 100, Wait, 155 beers. Are well, we done? Did you give your beers of the year? Yeah, I already finished. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. He didn't first. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was wrapping it's up. It's been a long night. It has been. You said he loves Coors Banquet. That was the best one. But were there films that we missed? Were there beers that we missed? I didn't missed? see 1917. I mean, there were... There no, were well, that's that, no, that's one on. that hasn't played here yet. It hasn't. Yeah. yeah. I know that there were 100% beers that we missed. There were 100% movies that we missed. Because we are in a small market, and we don't necessarily get the same release schedule that a lot of other places do. We are aware of that. We are apologetic of that. <laughs> so inform us. Tell us what is. Tell us what you thought. The film that we need to see. Exactly. To understand what, 2019. What film did we see that was essential for 2019 that we didn't reference? Um, what did we miss? Let us know what we need to keep an eye out for on streaming services. You can let us know what we missed on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can let us know what we missed on Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. As always, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com is our home base. You can find a link to listen to this episode, which you were already listening to, and all of our past episodes absolutely free on that website. And oh, fuck, Harold. We've got a cuvee that we have to drink. We have a cuvee that we have to drink. Um. <laughs> Shit. I don't want to. Too bad. Yeah. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. So over Um, the course of the evening, we have... Over the course of the last... Fuck, what are we at now? Six or eight beers that we've had? We've been mixing them together. Um, The the ends of the bottles? The the ends of the bottles, the dregs. Oh, shit. Um... Did any of that stinky beer go in this thing? I hope no, not. it didn't. No, Harold, Harold made absolutely sure yeah, that there would not be any not. stinky beer in there. 
Um, no pickle beer, please. It's nice room temperature. Mm-hmm. There David, you go. Thank you very much. Sir. Appreciate it's it. a perfect beer to toast David to 2022. Hmm. David, what's Shit. up? To 2020. Look, Harold is responsible for all of the drunkest and fifty-two time. more Cheers. episodes of beer in a movie. Hey, congrats, right. you guys! To twenty twenty, twenty twenty, we appreciate you Cheers. listening. So Thank you very much for everyone that has listened to this podcast over the last year. We hope that you follow us into the next year, and we hope that we have imparted some kind of insight hmm. or wisdom or knowledge or whatever into your lives that. You know, maybe you had, maybe you wouldn't, but that you're gaining something from listening to this podcast. We really appreciate everyone that supports us. Uh, I'm excited to be talking about these films with everybody. Um, and that Kube was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, this was pretty good. It was pretty good. It, it, as far as Kube's yeah. go, it was, wasn't it was bad. It wasn't not bad. bad. Could have been worse. Uh, right. To 2020. To 2020, to many great films, to a new 2020 decade is a of year film. of beer and a movie. Absolutely. So be with us. Mm-hmm.